Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Steady Out Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Celt Show Told Like It Is. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing this evening? We're all right. Um, Easter's over. Lent has passed us. Weather's getting a little warmer up here. I don't know how it is by you guys. But same, same. It's almost 80 degrees today. Oof. Yeah, yeah. We had we, we got we got it to 77 today. That wasn't mm. too bad. So um so yeah it was uh you know signs of spring are there and all that fun stuff and uh you know we had the calcio we had everybody playing on saturday as is the tradition in italy they uh they don't play on easter so correct um you know so we had that going on so we'll talk about all 10 games that happened um uh, on uh, the on Saturday, we'll, we'll, on Saturday we'll tap into a little bit of news. Uh, we will preview the games that are coming up on Wednesday. Uh, Juventus and Napoli will at long last make up their game. Uh, we will also have Inter and Sassuolo, so some mm. midweek Serie A action if you are interested. Tasty. Um, and uh, yeah, both uh, both games that uh, should be very good. Um, Tyler Sharma, ciao ragazzi. Best way to spend a Tuesday night. Oh, by the way, I should say programming note. Um, this will be the last Tuesday night for a while. Um, scheduling uh, constraints uh, uh, on the home front uh, have uh, uh, made it. We are going to go back to Sundays, uh, I believe, uh, Richard. And the, the time yeah. vary. We might try to get some. Uh, might try to get some European guests. So you might be catching us in the afternoon. You might. We might be. Uh, we might, otherwise, we'll be at Sunday night. But uh, look for us on Twitter at City I Sit Down on Twitter. Uh, or Instagram, uh, if you ever want to catch the live YouTube broadcast. And uh, that's probably the best way uh, to find out what we're doing from a scheduling standpoint. But Richard, back to Sundays. Yeah, yeah, we are back to Sundays and uh, it should be exciting. Yeah, it's uh, we're going to have to watch those games live and uh, do our analysis really quick to get into yep. the game. But yeah, it should be fun. Uh, we did it before. We've done it for four years, four, plus, four or five years almost. So uh, yeah, why not? Yep. Yep. So, uh, so it's you know, everybody. I'm sure will uh, will adjust accordingly. What else are you doing on a Sunday night? Ciao, David. You had, your, you had your Sunday dinner. You had your Sunday sauce. You're all nice and loaded up, and nice. You know, you, you can't move. <laughs> Just make sure you have the laptop within, uh, you know, within an arm's reach, uh, so that you can pop it on and uh, check it out, or even put it on the uh, YouTube on YouTube t- uh, if you've got it on the TV. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you've got one of those smart TVs, we have one. So yeah, that's right. Uh, they're uh, the best investment. The funny thing is, and and my wife and I keep talking about this. We're not saving any money <laughs> from for getting rid of cable because we just loaded up on all the apps. We got, yep. you yep. know, you got you got ESPN Plus, so we can watch our Serie A. You got Paramount Plus, so we can watch our Champions League and Europa League. Well, now Serie A is coming to Paramount Plus, so. What do we do with ESPN Plus? I might still keep it. And yeah. yeah, you know, YouTube TV for all the main channels. You got some Netflix. You got some Prime Video. I mean, but by the time you add it all up, we're not really saving that much. No, no, <laughs> no, neither are, no, neither are we. And uh, yeah, I couch you guys are in the house. They say, uh, Buona sera. Uh, Richard, Jerry, my fight for wearing that shirt. Yes, Caicedo, greater than Immobile. I'm wearing the shirt tonight, so. Hopefully, Jerry gets to watch us tonight and see it. <laughs> we, always, we, we, we always want... Uh, we always we always like riling Jerry up, uh, so so it's always always a good time because um, he'll take the Twitter with it and he just goes nuts, <laughs> and we all get to sit back and watch the volcano erupt, right? That's right, that's so, right, fantastic. So I got the spotted cow going tonight. Oh, very good, very little, good. A uh, little bit of the refreshing stuff. So uh, so we'll see what happens with that. So 
Match week 29 is behind us, and uh, let's uh, jump right into it, Richard. I'll uh, start off with the first five games. Right. Yeah, if you're a Milan supporter, you had to get up very early to check them out, or if you were a Sampdoria supporter for that matter. 1-1 uh, draw there. A uh, bit of an oopsie from Teo Hernandez in possession, and Qualiarella is going to do Qualiarella things in that situation. And uh, from 35 yards out, uh, Chips Donnarumma scores the goal uh, in the 57th minute. Jens Petter Halga with a goal of the week candidate, um, Richard, to uh, get them back into this. We know what the goal of the week is going to be, um, but we will make mention of this one. Um, Milan, 63% possession in the game, yeah, um, but just did next to nothing with it. I don't know. Some totally just weren't troubled, uh, you know, when Milan came forward. Yeah, it was a good performance by Sampdoria. They uh, they they obviously knew what Milan's strengths were going to be, and uh, they countered very well. And uh, they gave Milan all sorts of fit throughout the game. So, yeah, not an easy one, and never is these days with uh, Milan. Well, you know what you're getting when you're playing, you know, Sampdoria. You're dealing yeah. with Antonio Candreva pumping in crosses. Yeah. Uh, did not start in this game. They went with Mikel Damsgaard on the on the left, and then you've got the the fullbacks like to get forward. And there's a lot of crosses. You got to deal with the likes of Quagliarella and Gabbiadini, who are going to be making those runs in the penalty area. Um, Adrian Silva obviously getting that second yellow. Um, Julia Patate, guys, we needed one hour to talk about what Castellejo doesn't bring to this team. You need more than that. Um, and there's Milan specific <laughs> podcasts that can dedicate that time. We got to talk about 20 teams, Gilia. Yeah. I hope you, I, I don't know. This is it. said said, yeah, sit down. So, <laughs> but we do, we do agree with your point though. Nonetheless, yeah. <laughs> no, no problem. I mean, Odero wasn't really troubled in this game. I don't no. think that, you know, there were three shots on target and, um, he really wasn't forced into a big save. So, yeah. you know, at any point in this game, um, yeah. you know, and I think you could probably blame him though, for the Halga goal, uh, you know, it, in in a situation where he kind of came out half committed for the ball, uh, but you know, still great curling finish. Yeah, uh, by the yeah. Norwegian. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so um, Chalanolu got a seven point zero by Sofa Score. I don't know what they were watching. It was out of a hundred. It was out of oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were going up to a hundred this time. Just yeah. on. Yeah. All right, and that explains why he got seven, and that's why Ibrahimovic <laughs> gets seven. So. Well, maybe they were just getting some preferential treatment. But There you go. Anyway, let's move on. Atalanta, we're doing Atalanta things. They were doing them to Udinese. It was 3-2 the final. Um, and the reason why I say that is because Atalanta had 23 shots in this game with eight on target. Had it not been for one Musso, Udinese would have been destroyed. Yeah. Um, but uh, Muriel with a brace in the 19th and 43rd minute. And, of course, Gasparini yanks him at halftime. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> He is so weird with his, uh, and but he brings on Ilicic. That's the thing. I don't know what the he's like. A, he's like the hipster of managers. Like, oh, what can I do just to fuck with people? And then like, hey, let me take out my leading goal scorer. What the fuck, man? That's why I absolutely hate Atalanta on DraftKings slates yeah. when I play it because yeah. it's just it's like yeah. I want to play this guy, but I don't know if I'm going to get ninety out of him. I mean, Gasparini just has that quick hook. I he must have can't... money on the game. He must have money on the game. That's the only thing I can think of. He's like, you know what? I can't win by too much because I I, I bet that we're going to win by one goal. You know, I don't know. Yeah, he gave he, he had the uh, he had Udinese at plus one and a half, I think, is what it was. So yeah. he wanted to. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Pereira scoring in the forty fifth minute, halfway decent goal there uh, to give Udinese. Mm -hmm. That was just before halftime too. Um, Duvan Zapata scoring in the sixty first minute. Did not celebrate. Uh, Udinese is a is a former club of his. Yep. Um, and then uh, Striker Larson uh, in the seventy first to make it three two. Musso coming up with some with some key saves and. Game to keep Udinese in it. 
Atalanta winning 3-2 and uh, uh, Gasparini getting paid for betting Udinese plus one and a half. <laughs> there you go. I agree. And uh, I agree with Gigi too. He says it's, followed, it's hard to follow all the games this weekend because they were all going on at the same time. And you got to have one of those uh, multi-cult shows that you know, we miss that you can watch all the games a little bit here and there at a time. So, yeah, it, it was difficult. But that, what a game that was. And the Colombians certainly uh, make it life difficult for the opponents there. Both Muriel, who just his goal ratio is ridiculous. And then Zupata is obviously a fantastic striker as well. So, All right. Um yeah, so Atalanta, Atalanta get an important win there. Uh, it moved them up to uh, third mm-hmm. uh, in the mm-hmm. in the table. Uh, so it, it gave them a little bit of breathing room. Uh, I mean, they're still only two points ahead of fifth, but at least uh, uh, you know gets them in third position and gets some teams in between them and and, and, and fifth position, namely Juve, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, Benevento two, Parma two. Uh, Kamil Glick in the 23rd minute, uh, some fumbling around in the penalty area. Parma <laughs> having trouble getting the ball out of the penalty area, and uh, Glick benefits. Uh, it would remain 1-0 at halftime. Yasmin Kortic would score in the 55th minute. All of this was set-piece, corner, and two teams that are awful at it. I mean, just, yep. uh, you know, is really what, what it all boiled down to. Um, Kortic leveled it in the 55th, and then Arto Yonita, nice ball in from Caprati, by the mm-hmm, way. Um, mm-hmm. 67th minute there, we're getting Benevento a 2 1 lead, and then uh, Dennis Mann, where's that music? Dennis, oh, uh, yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> I'll have to add we, it to the podcast. <laughs> why we don't get paid, that's why we don't uh, get paid. Dennis Mann scoring in the 88th minute and, and, and played in by Andreas Cornelius. Uh, so yeah, you could like do the Dope I'm music. a man music and then you can do like the soul train music. After that's right. That for that that's one. right. That's right. Yeah. Well, well done. So Parma 70% possession in this game, uh, six shots on target. Uh, so, uh, Montipo was relatively useful in this, yep. uh, in this performance, but two teams that don't know how to hang on to points, Richard. Yeah, uh, Parma has been this has been to their demise this season. Really, uh, inability to hold on to leads and uh, Benevento as well. Benevento just play; they make it fun. This at least when they do it, it's it's a fun game, right? Because they 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 play somewhat yeah. entertaining football. Parma, you can't say the same. Um, they they find ways to score, but they just horrific, you know, horrific uh, blowing of these games. It's nonstop. I mean, they could easily be a mid-table team if they they knew how to you know defend the lead, but they don't. Sure. Uh, and thus, they are where they are in the standings because of that. Yep, that's what it is. That's why they're facing relegation. But uh, in this case, they had to come from behind twice and, and yep. did so, uh, success. You know, did so successfully. Cagliari nil, Hellas Verona two. Um, yeah. We had a uh, where is it? Okay, Antonin Brack in the fifty-fourth uh, minute, uh, and then Kevin Lasagna in the ninety-eighth minute, and then even Yurich got sent off. I don't think he was happy about. Uh, the 98th minute goal from Lasagna. I don't know what I did. Did you see that? I didn't catch what he did. I didn't either. I didn't. I it must have said something about the refs' mother. I'm not sure exactly. It's, Probably uh, it's up for debate. So it's usually what it is. So <laughs> it's Easter. You know? um, yeah. I mean, Silvestri with five saves. Yeah. Um, it was good. You know, to keep Hellas Verona in it. Cagliari had some decent chances in this one, but Hellas pulling away and really, you know, Richard Cagliari. This is the. Safe to say, Cagliari are the biggest underachievers in Serie A this season. They, with the with the quality that they have, there's no way they should be in 18th. I agree. I agree. I think they are more of a um, underachiever than Torino. I think with the talent that I mean, both those clubs possess, but especially Cagliari, they I mean they were challenging for Champions League spots early on in the last season, and all of a sudden they just continue to get worse and worse. 
Um, they got a great goal scorer in, in Jao Pedro, who always perennially seems to get you know, 15, 20 goals a season. Uh, it's just unreal what this team, the t- talent that they have, are in the position they are. Uh, yep. a, a home that is so difficult to play at for for the opposition, yet you know teams like Hellas. Okay, Hellas, they got a defense; they can come in there and, and steal points. But God, it has been this terrible home and away this year. It's, yeah. it's been unfortunate. Yeah, it's uh, it's baffling to to find out what's going on here. I mean, Cali they just yeah. they twenty four shots in this game though. Yeah, they tried. Um, they yeah, tried. They tried. They, at least they tried. So, uh, Genoa won. Fiorentina won. Uh, that. We're 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 living in a world where Mattia Destro is prolifically scoring goals, and he did it again. This was a little more opportunistic, kind of right place, right time goal. Um, Ten goals you know. for four teams. Uh, it's pretty good. He's in uh, some elite company. There was not many guys who have done that in their careers. Yeah, but he's not elite. That's <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this kinda... is true. This is the conundrum we're in. Yeah. So you know he would be the uh, he would be the guy that's carrying the other three guys' bags. Okay. <laughs> so that's that. Let's just let's get that out. Um, all right. So, uh, and then it would be Vlaovic in the 23rd minute. Yep. Um, uh, on an assist from, uh, Kos- actually, it was a very nice team goal. The flighted ball, Kosovili headed it down in the path of Vlaovic, and Vlaovic bags it. So, uh, well done there. Uh, but, uh, those are the five. Richard, um, let's get in depth. Where do you want to get in depth here? Uh, let's start with the, uh, the Milan game, right? Uh, you know, David, David brings up a good point that the games tomorrow are very crucial for Milan, not only for Juve and Napoli, but also for Milan. Um, you know, eh, Milan haven't really shooting themselves in the foot over the last two months, r- roughly. Uh, they've been, they've hit a very rough cold patch. They've, they've stayed, you know, they've kept the, they've kept getting points, but they're not getting wins. Uh, wins that they were easily getting, you know, the, over the last year and a half before, uh, but they've been struggling. They can't find a way to break this duck. You got poor play from guys like Castillejo. Teo Hernandez is giving it away to people. Um, it's it's really poor performing, and Pioli's got to figure something out because uh, don't look now. There's three teams coming behind him that really want that second position. And um, I before the season, I picked Milan to finish in fourth. At this rate, the teams behind him that could very well happen. Uh, don't want to see it happen by any stretch, but. They need to pick up their play because the teams behind them, are, are, most of those teams behind them, are, are finding ways to win games. And uh, uh, Zlatan or whomever, or you know, even even uh, uh, Mister Viking in defense, they need to figure out a way to get the team going again. It's uh, play Haugamore. I don't know. Do something. Don't yep. play Castillejo. I don't know. Whatever it is, they gotta do something because they can't find wins when against teams they should absolutely be beating. Yep, agreed. Um. I just look at the uh, the rest of these. Um, Atalanta have been in really good form all of a sudden. Um, to yep. that point, yep, uh, they're winning games. They they lost to Inter a one nil game that they they had a lot of chances in. They their only other losses here are to Real Madrid. When you take a look and you go through, they've got wins over Nap. They've got a win over Napoli. They beat this Sampdoria team that Milan struggled to put away. Um, you know, a Spezia team that had given them some fits, a Hellas Verona team that gives people some fits. So, you know, they've got an impressive uh, resume of wins and they're making another charge to finishing in the top four and on their form. There's certainly no doubt they're going to get it. People laughed at me when I when I picked uh, Atalanta to finish second before the season started. And uh, look, don't look at now. They're two points behind Milan. They can certainly get that second position, especially the form that they're in, to your credit. Uh, they've just been scoring goals and doing it for fun. I mean, Gasparini can let his top, his top dog score two goals and then just pull him at halftime, right? Um, and they're not even in Europe. So 
Yeah, it's uh, be careful for everyone who's in that top four or top five because uh, Atalanta are back to playing with that swagger that we've seen over, over the past. Um, and, you know, their defense is still suspect, no doubt about it. They gave up two goals yep. today, but uh, they're scoring goals, and that's what they were not doing at the beginning of the season. So yep. getting hot at the right time. Yep, for sure. For sure. Uh, some teams right that are safe for now but might want to watch it, Genoa. Are they're racking up results? Yeah. Okay, they've got yeah. only they've only been beaten once in their last five league matches. Three of these are draws, though. Um, you know, and Fiorentina are finding ways to scrape results. Um, you know, Finally. but you know, Fiorentina eight points clear of the drop. Tanina or Genoa ten clear of the drop. Um, you know, so and you know they're kind of doing it in their styles. Fiorentina, uh, you know, Dusan Vlaovic is starting to evolve here. Uh, yeah, into the striker that I think that people imagined he would be. Um, yeah. So uh, it's uh, it, you know it's good to see on that front, uh, and he he comes through and scores another goal. Yeah, he's becoming uh, the the target man that many people thought he could be. Uh, he certainly has the technical ability to score these fantastic goals that he does, and he has been as of late. But he's also doing a very good hold up play. Uh, he's finally using that big frame that he has. For a while, he didn't know how to use it, uh, but now he's able to you know caress the ball on his chest and feed it off to you know Ribéry or, or one of his teammates. Um, able able to hold off defenders. Uh, he's becoming a complete striker. Uh, which is, you know, we hope he continues to grow from this because he could become uh, certainly elite in, uh, if he keeps his trajectory up. So uh, very well done by him. I'm glad to see that he's, you know, he's doing well. Uh, hopefully, you know, with his national team as well, Serbia, he starts uh, getting a lot more time as well uh, and getting that opportunity to get that uh, experience, much needed experience. So yeah, Vlaovic, it's, it's great to see him uh, starting to put in performances week in and week out. Yeah, he's got 13 goals on the season uh, in Serie A. So certainly... Uh... Certainly stepping up and becoming a goal scorer. Uh, David's asking, do you guys think Milan will try to get him even though we're clearly resigning Zlatan? I mean, that's that's exactly what I was just thinking here while we were talking about him is that, yeah. you know, if you want to continue to play in that style and play in that system um, where you have that, you know, the big target that's just going to try to open up things, Vlaovic, you know, somewhat fits that mold. I mean, clearly he's not at a level at – no. You know, I mean, but, but we're also talking about a Zlatan that's nearly forty. We're not talking about Zlatan in his prime. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, he probably is close to that level. He's not. You know, Vlaovic is not what Zlatan was in his prime, but he's he's suitable if Milan look to continue to play those kind of tactics. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it would be foolish of Milan not to find an understudy to Zlatan. Uh, if they can find someone who's in a similar mold to him, who is mobile, who's big, uh, can do similar things that Zlatan does. Obviously, not. To Zlatan's level, um, that's what they need to do because he's not going to play forever. And we saw this season that the injuries have caught up with him many, many times and the team. So uh, if you can find a suitable backup, someone who can learn from him, learn the tricks of the trade, uh, to have that be successful year in and year out for a long career, why not? And yep. if they don't, if they don't, if they don't make that move to find a striker to be his backup, his understudy, they are being extremely foolish and and completely naive if they don't do that. So. Hopefully they do go after Vlaovic or someone of his elk because, uh, uh, you know, Zlatan is a perfect teacher. I mean, yep. we've already seen it with the youngsters on the team already. What They've learned so much this season. They've so much better than they were expected to be this season uh, because of the, the, the leadership of, of Ibrahimovic. So bringing in a striker to help learn from him on that position particularly would be the, the most important thing to do outside of signing, you know, Gigi Donnarumma. Yep, for sure. Um, so... 
Let's uh, sidebar into the news then and talk about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It looks like uh, he is poised to sign a one-year extension with Milan. Many, many sources are reporting this now. Um, And I guess when that many people are going to uh, report it, then it's probably going to happen. Um, Thoughts on Zlatan right now? I mean, I think that you're starting to almost see – I mean, he – you know, I'll I'll chalk up the Sampdoria performance to maybe a little fatigue because he you know playing with Sweden, playing with the national team, um, you know, as maybe a little bit of a um, uh, you know as maybe a little bit of a reason for some of the struggles in the Sampdoria game itself. But um, I think that uh, I you know how much longer and how much more can he give? It's just it's he's obviously a freakish athlete. But the other thing is, you know, the role that he plays um, as a striker, you know, he's not what we're looking at with the modern strikers, the Lukaku's and the Zapatas who are elite in their hold-up play like Zlatan Ibrahimovic is, but also have the pace to stretch people. Um, Zlatan doesn't have that pace. He's a hold-up guy, and he's a guy that, occupies defenders and and you know it, where it's different from a Zapata different from a Lukaku different from guys like that you know even a Vlaovic right now you know I he occupies defenders that opens up space for other players that's that's the difference that I would say is between Zlatan and some of these more elite modern strikers that we're starting to see yeah I agree with you but I think uh the this the resigning of of, of him is very important because um, I think should, were he to leave the, the team uh, after the season, you could see a regression from the team because they're still very young. Um, and while they have uh, grown immensely this season, they need another another year of stability and another year of continued growth to before he can actually you know leave the team in a good place. Uh, so I think have another year with with Zlatan to help uh, continue this growth, continue this this project. I think is the way to go for Milan, and it's smart by them. Uh, so they should absolutely, you know, do what they can to sign him. I see David put in the chat about also uh, Donnarumma wants twelve million dollars a year. Give it to him. Yep. Give it to him. I think he deserves it. Yep. Give it to him. But uh, Zlatan, they should they should absolutely uh, sign him for another year for sure because he need they need him in the locker room for sure and on the pitch. Uh, Pioli can't do it all. So right. Yeah. Yeah. I well said. I agree with all of that. So those are my five, Richard. How about your five? All right, so yeah, there's uh, five more games that we are to talk about in this uh, this one. First, we're leading it off, it's uh, the Lazio boys, not my chassis here, uh, Lazio playing, uh, hosting to Spezia. Uh, goal scoring will start in the 56th minute, uh, some nice passing play, Lazzari would beat the keeper, uh, five hole to make it one nothing in the 56th minute. Uh, then, uh, arguably the goal of the year, certainly contender, uh, Verde with a unbelievable bicycle kick, perfectly struck off the crossbar and in. You're not going to see a, a strike any better than that. Maybe, you know, there's a couple guys, uh, in Champions League finals who did equally as good. Uh, but this is, uh, arguably goal of the year. Uh, 1-1 at that point, making Lazio sweat a little bit. Uh, but then a very, I'm going to say it right there, say it right now, it's a very, Poor call in uh, the 88th minute. Uh, a penalty called. Uh, obviously, the defender had no, wasn't even looking at the ball, bending down and hit his arm. They call a penalty. Uh, my man Caicedo steps up, scores the goal. Uh, 2-1, Lazio win at home. Much needed points for them. 
Uh, moving on, Napoli hosting Crotone, a game where you think they would just blow them out. Uh, lots of goals in this one like we thought Napoli would have, but uh, Crotone came to play as well. Um, goal scoring started in the 19th minute. Lorenzo Insigne, after bouncing around, takes a shot, bounces off a couple guys and goes in. one uh, nothing. Uh, then Saimi gets into the act. He gets a goal in the 25th minute. Following Osiman's goal, it was a beautiful. The Osiman goal was actually a really nice play overall. Um, Lorenzo Insigne does takes the most difficult route to make a pass to Osiman as he could with the with his right foot instead of his left foot. Either way, it gets to Osiman. Osiman puts it away two nothing. You know, just minutes later, Simi makes it two to one. Um, they go to just before halftime. You think they're going to that score? Mertens gets a goal of the week candidate three one in the thirty fourth minute. Cruise control going into halftime. Coming out of the break, uh, Crotone start coming back. Uh, Saimi gets a goal, a nice assist by Junior Messias. Uh, so it's two to one or three to two at that point. Um, Messias would didn't get a, a nice break and, and score a goal, make it three three. We got a game all of a sudden. It seems like maybe Napoli going to drop some points, but Di Lorenzo, who's had, who had a really really good game, I thought in this one, gets a, a deserving goal in the seventy third minute, seventy second minute, four to three. Napoli winning a shootout, a game that never should have been a shootout for them, but hey, they'll yeah. take the win at, at this stage, right? Because they got a big game coming up this uh, tomorrow, actually. Uh, moving on to another team who has a big game tomorrow. Uh, Sassuolo hosting Roma. Roma, who's been uh, their defense has really been holding them back this year from really making a strong push to trying to get to the Champions League spots. Uh, goal scoring was starting the 26th minute. A penalty. Uh, uh, this was a legit penalty right here. Uh, taking down the defender. What he was doing, taking down uh, the the Roma player. I don't know, but Pellegrini steps up, takes a takes a penalty, wins it. Uh, one nothing in the 26th minute. Uh, and then uh, some opportunities for Sassuolo that they missed. It looked like it was just not going to be their day. But finally, Traore in the 57th minute makes it 1-1. Uh, Bruno Perez would get a goal, uh, make it 2-1. Looks like Roma may get a win with this one. But no, the uh, the captain, Raspadori, uh, gets a goal in the 85th minute at the death. Makes it 2-2. Roma drops some big points in this one. Uh, nice nice result for Sassuolo. The, arguably the game of the weekend, uh, Derby della Mole, it's Torino hosting Juventus. This was a highly entertaining game, Frank, I thought. Um, yeah. A game that could have gone either way. Uh, goal scoring started first in the, in the 13th minute. Chiesa really being a bull in the China shot. I mean, really just doing what he wanted in the box. It looked like Morata was going to take the shot. He just takes it from him, scores the goal. Wonderfully done by him. one uh, nothing in the 13th minute. Uh, then Tony Sanabria came to play. It was great to see him finally, you know, doing something in, in Serie A. Uh, in 27th minute, he would get a goal off a wonderful shot. He gets the rebound, b- jumps it over the ball, gets the ball before Chesney does. Uh, 1-1 at that point. Uh, going to halftime by that score. Coming out of the break, Sanabria again uh, pulls one back, gives him a lead, 2-1. Uh, we look like we may have an upset here. Uh, and then uh, Juve would keep fighting. Ronaldo would get his goal in the 79th minute. Um, Torino would not give up in this one. This was going back and forth. A really, a really good fight between the two clubs. Um, Chesney, though, came up big. I mean, really big late into this match. Had two crucial saves that really saved the points for Juventus. This game ends in 2-2. Uh, I thought it was an entertaining game, despite the quality maybe being less of what we've seen in the past years. Um, certainly an entertaining matchup. And then to round out the weekend, uh, Bologna hosting Inter, a game that we thought maybe could be a, an area where Inter may lose points because Bologna, they have the tendency to play up to some of these opponents. Mihalovic just knows the way how to get to these teams. Uh, made life difficult for Inter. Inter... 
Um, had some good amounts of chances, as did Bologna as well, but I thought the more difficult opportunities came through Inter. Uh, Erickson trying to play a playmaker in this game. Lukaku, though, um, gets his goal off a lovely assist by Bastoni. I mean, what a wonderful assist there. Uh, you talked about last week in our podcast how maybe Bastoni could play left wing for the Azzurri. This is a prime example of why you said that, because he can come on the left-hand side, just swing it in, and Lukaku just, you know, amazing me right place at the right time uh, he's one of the first uh, he's one of the few players to score back-to-back 20 goal seasons for inter um wonderfully done I mean, that's all they would need is the one goal the defense you know stood stood firm for them um great win extends their lead at the top of the table now eight points over milan um some interesting games in this in this batch here franco where do you want to begin um in particular the Turin derby because i want to follow up on my comments about Federico Chiesa from last week. Um, That goal is a prime example of why he works. He operates a lot better for his club. Um, You know, made the pass charging out of the midfield. I don't know if he took the ball off of Morata. I think Morata laid that ball to him. You think? Um, Yeah. You know, for at least that's, that's what I took from it when I saw it. Um, But that's what he's doing. You know, he sees, all right, Morata's going to occupy these defenders this way. That's opening up some space. I'm going. All right, and I, that that ball can get to me, and I'll I'll score. He doesn't get to do that on the national team because uh, yeah. he's playing in a higher position. He has yeah. to be the one that's now drawing the attention of the defenders, and then a Barella, you know, or somebody like mm-hmm. that has to make those those midfield runs. So yeah. that that goal reinforced what I was explaining about Chiesa, why it works for club versus yeah. why it doesn't work for country. Right. Um, you know, so that was very interesting. Um, Juventus. Just they're, they're they're just all over the place, and it's just like even with even with nine games left, ten games in their case, I still feel like you know, I'm I'm waiting for that. All right, they're gonna get it together. They're gonna pull it together despite Pirlo and go on this charge. But it's not happening, man. I mean, it's, it's just the play. Not, yeah, twelve points out of of uh, of first. Yeah, and then, you know, with this game we're going to get to here in a minute for tomorrow, if they lose that game, they're out of the top four. Um, and yep. so it, it, life is getting very interesting for Juventini at the moment. Uh, they certainly have the talent to, to not win the Scudetto, but to be in the Champions League and Champions League spots this, for this uh, year and even finish second place, and really, if they get their act together. But nothing on the pitch has indicated that they are going to get there, right? We think we, I agree. I think we keep thinking they're going to get on this run. They're going to get hot. Yeah. Like Inter got hot, right? Uh, but no, it just hasn't happened. You know, Cuadrado's playing poor. Uh, Ronaldo's making yeah. silly mistakes. It, it's, uncharacteristic it seems like you know Chiesa and Morata are really the ones who are the most consistent um and then some the rest of the attackers are just not there Bentancourt had some opportunities in this game um but still it's it's just not working for them for whatever reason uh for the players sake they say that you know they they like the system they like what's going on with with Pirlo uh but it's just not showing on the pitch uh and so well this this game against Napoli will be very very interesting to see how they show up are they going to show up for a big game or not that's that's going to be the key, the key. Yeah. they did they showed up against Inter but let's see if they can this is a game end of the season where the points are import, vitally important let's see what happens yeah um We've got a question here from David about Belotti, overrated or underrated. I, I think he's just – I think – I look at Belotti and I look at it from a body language standpoint. I don't think he's overrated, okay? Um, 
I don't necessarily believe that. I I, I think he's he's the, the he's 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 earned the the pedigree that he's been given. He's kind of earned the the plaudits that he's been given for how he's played. Belotti looks to me. Belotti looks to me like a guy that is. I don't want to say going through the motions. It might not be the right choice of words. But Andrea Belotti for me is a guy that has you just in his body language just appears to say, "I have done everything I possibly could here, and I think it's time for something new." Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right about that. I think. Um... If he were on a top six team, top five team, we would, we'd be talking about the Belotti who scored thirty goals, you know, you know, in his first couple of years with them. Um, I do not think he's overrated. I think he's massively underrated because of the team he's on. He's doing still quite well, yeah. not as well as he did at the beginning, but he's doing quite well for a team that is merda, right? Yeah. Uh, he has talented players around him who are just not performing. He's trying to do everything himself. He's, I mean, heck, he's going to like midfield to try to collect the ball and try to do everything himself. He's ended up becoming like a better playmaker because of this. Uh, so really, he's become more well-rounded than he was at the beginning. We talked about yeah. for the Azzurri of the strikers they have, he is the most complete striker because he's had to learn these skills, not having the complement around him as like Immobile has or even even Caputo to an extent uh, over at Sassuolo. So I think if he can, if he moved to a, a bigger club, a team that actually had players that could feed him the ball, you would see the goals come in numbers like you do with uh, Muriel, Zapata, Lukaku, Ronaldo. Because uh, he is that good of a player to be able to do that. He just on a really, really poor team. And he's, he's like you said, he's forced to do more, and he's done everything he's possibly could. And he's and it's it's difficult. One man cannot carry a team. And right. Um, so I agree. I think my, I think if anything, Bolotti is underrated, if not overrated, uh, just because look at the team he's on. So sure, sure. Uh, you know. So there's that. Um, if they lose, we'll talk. We'll we'll preview the game uh, here coming up, David. Um, you know. So I start there. Enter. Um, here's the thing about Inter. They don't have to go. They don't have to play in style the rest of the way. Nope. They're eight points clear. They just have to go out and find ways to get points. I mean, that's really, that's really the job for them right now with nine games left. Yep. Um, they don't have to dazzle anybody. They don't have to put on these displays that will assure themselves that they're going to go out and do it every week. Nope. They're going to just be, you know, and and this is this plays perfectly into what Antonio Conte wants to do: be tactically astute, be organized, um, make what the opponent's doing predictable, and then hit him going the other way. Um, you know, and that's what happened here. That's you know that's yeah. absolutely what happened here. Inter, um, you know, you look at Bologna; they had fifty six percent of the possession. I mean, Inter played a perfect, played their perfect game, even though they only scored one goal. Um, yeah. 56% possession for Bologna, you know, they're a, a side of quality players, but yep. only two shots on target and neither shot. I don't remember either shot really no. giving Handanovic any trouble. No, they didn't. And I think, I think you're right about that. You know, do you want to win the Scudetto or do you want to play fancy football, right? You can't have both. It's very rare these days we're going to have a team from City A who's going to dazzle you with the way they play and win the Scudetto. It's going to be the teams like Allegri's won for, you know, so many years and even Conte when he's with, with Juventus. It's just about getting the result and that's it. That's all he cares yeah. about at this point. At this point, he wants the title. Don't fuck anything up. Just keep playing smart. Yeah. Be astute defensively, like you said. And that's all, that's all it should matter. They got a point lead on their, on their second yeah. place opponent. They've got one what hand do they care? on. Yeah, they've they've got one hand on the trophy. They've yep. got one hand on the scudetto. Yep. 
All right, the, like the the, the little uh, the, the little shield, the, the the green is already sewn on. Now they just got to get the white and the red. <laughs> That's right. That's all right. right. And, yeah. And, uh, all they've got to do is navigate their way through these games, not drop too many points to to entice everybody else to come back. Because yeah. you look at Milan's form, you look at uh, Juve's form. I don't see anything that suggests to me that they're a threat. Uh, you know, you start dropping too many points over these next few games. You might have, you you might let Natalanta back into this thing, yeah. all right. But um, they are they're set up perfectly right now. Um, just find ways to get the points each game. You know, if you got to smash and grab, smash and grab. If you've got to have sixty percent possession, which I don't think you're going to see Inter doing a lot of no. down the stretch of the season, I think they're going to be happy letting the other team have the ball. And then letting letting you get exposed with those two forwards up front, where they can just play to them and and be very deliberate going forward. Yeah. So um, that's what uh, that's what I think we're going to see with Inter the rest of the way, and it's going to be on their way to winning the title. No, I agree. I agree with you, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, just Juve twelve points back. I just can't even fathom it. I mean, it's just like I beginning of the season thought this Juve team would win this title by anywhere from eight to ten points. So. Yeah. You had the the point margin right. You just had the team incorrect. Yep, yep. I did. I did. So that happens sometimes. Yes. Um, Napoli's lucky that Crotone can't defend because yeah. on a different day they lose. Yeah. Uh, on a performance like this, I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat this for Napoli supporters. Four goals is certainly exciting, but the defending was just dreadful. I just even on just yeah. just the goals by itself tells the story. Yeah, yeah. I, and the, of the four, of the three goals that um, Crotone scored, I think the goal that Messias assisted to um, to Simi, that was a nice pass by him. So I mean, you can you can give that away, but you know the turnover that led to Messias's goal and Simi's first goal, uh, defending needs to be better. Uh, yep. gr- you know, granted that Simi's been playing pretty well as of late and he's scoring goals, uh, but that's still that's not an excuse for for you know, what Maximovich did and the rest of the defense did against against Crotone. You should not be letting a team like Crotone score three goals. By any time, any time. Fifteen goals this season for Simi. In, yeah, uh, in Simi. yeah, he oh, came wow. on and block and, and gangbusters at the end. Uh, we were we we saw glimpses of this in Cartone's first run when they were in Serie A. Uh, he kind of started ignited that run that they had that kind of saved them from that first season. Uh, but he's never reached that level. He's you know last year he had a pretty good season in Serie B. Uh, but uh, yeah, good for him. I mean, I'm ha- I'm excited to see that he the big man getting some goals, man. Yep. Uh, only thing missing from his his game now is the uh, Peter Crouch robot dance when he scores goals. I want to see that. <laughs> if he does that, I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, Crotone is gonna have to cash in on him. They have to. Where where does he fit? Where is his next? Oh man, that's tough. Destination. That is tough. Um, I don't if he know. Stays in Serie A. Let's just let's just limit it to the Serie A teams. I think he needs to go to a mid-table team. Uh, if you go to the top top level team, he's not going to see any action. The best chance for any action would be at a at a mid-table team. Uh, maybe a team like you know Bologna, who Palacio is he's what 35, 39 years old, however old he is now. He's not going to play forever. Um, you have a guy who can play team up with Musa Barrow, a perfect combination. One guy can hold the ball up, the other guy can just run past you with his skill set and, and his goals. That that could work. I mean, it has to be a mid-table team, though. I think because he needs he needs game time, but he's not going to get it with those big boys. So yep, I'll uh, I'll give you the team that I think makes great sense, makes okay. perfect sense. If they stay up, Torino. Um, Andrea Bolotti moves on. 
maybe to Milan, you know, maybe somewhere else. David says Roma. Um, David is saying Roma. I I can't see it. I can't see that fit. I think that they. I think, think they like. I think they like Myral. Um, you know, and I think I like they, they like how they got that situated. I think that Roma is going to be prioritizing getting better defensively in the summer. At least they better. Maybe they get but, rid of Jekyll, cash in on him finally, let him you know go and have Simi as a backup to Myral because I think Myral agree. I think he's the better better striker of the three. Yeah. Um. So you you have Myral and you have Simi as a backup. Give him good experience well, with you know multiple cups. Well, Belote move Belote or Belotti. You know, if he doesn't go to Milan, he goes to Roma. Okay. And who's yeah. at Torino right now? Da, uh, David Nicola. Yeah. Right. Who was manager at Crotone when Simi came on the scene? There you go. So. That's good. Uh, I could certainly see that connection happening, and I could see those two reuniting at Torino if uh, if Nicola is still there as their manager after the season. And if Sanabria stays, that would be a good tag team right there. Yeah, I, you know, Sanabria can be a bit of a creator in that attacking position. Simic yep. can play in higher spots, uh, can kind of be a bit of a target, can do things like that. It's not a bad, it's not a bad dynamic. So, you know, if we get a we could get a striker carousel here. Yeah. Um, and don't forget Mbala and Zola. I mean, I think that someone's going to pay. Spezia better figure out how to hang on to him. I know, right? Um, <laughs> you know, he didn't. I don't think he played uh, against Lazio here. No, Piccoli played. Um, but uh, he's another one that's that that's came on and impressed. So I, th- I think we could be seeing a carousel of strikers here in Serie A in the summer. Um, you know, with Belotti probably moving. Um, you know, it's, uh, that could be the first domino. And then after that, it's going to create a reaction. So I, I, I you, you heard it here. If Torino stay up, CMA is going to Torino. All right, cool. I'll cool. call it right now. All right. <laughs> I'll call it right now. I uh, Lazio getting it done. Um, behaving very badly toward the end of the game. I, I still don't think. I mean, they. I think top four. I mean, they're only four points out of fourth. Yeah, it's still doable. On the one end, but, but. it's just so log jammed. I just feel like they're the odd team out. I just feel like the the resources aren't there. I mean, the 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 not the resources. The the form isn't there consistently. Yeah. For me to think that they're going to make a charge here, uh, the rest of the way. I agree. I agree. I think. You know, the, the top five is going to be the top five. Not necessarily in that order, but I think that's the top five there. And, you know, um, I think they're just a step behind those teams. Uh, the consistency isn't there. The depth is still obviously still an issue. I mean, the same, arguably the same, a certain 11 um, did miracles, obviously, last year. Great run that they had. But, you know, Inzaghi's done what he's could with his team. Um, you know, so full credit goes to him. But it just, while they're not that far off, and we still think, you know, four points, that's nothing really in a matter of, what, nine games left. Right. It's going to be difficult. Um, but, you know, there are a couple teams, you know, in particular Milan and Juventus who are not playing well. And if Lazio were to get hot and win out, who knows? Yep. Um, if Caicedo starts over Immobile, I mean, hey. Caicedo <laughs> greater than Immobile. Uh, not bad. Um, Simone Inzaghi is extended through the through 2024. I mean, let's face it. I mean, I think that that is the best Lazio is going to do for a manager. Um, Simone Inzaghi loves the club. 
um, wants to be there. It's a destination thing. Uh, with what he's been able to accomplish, winning a Coppa Italia recently, getting him to qualify out of the group stage of this past Champions League, you know, <clears throat> um, finding ways to get achievements here and there. They're never going to be a dominant team in Serie A, you know, with with what's available to them. But they could find ways to, you know, getting a top four finish here, qualifying from a group stage, winning a Coppa Italia, you know, getting getting something each season. Um, with what what the limited Simone Inzaghi is just going to be the best manager for the job. There, you know, he can't. They couldn't allow him to move on. And I never thought Inzaghi was going to move on to begin with. I just felt too much like a Lazio lifer, and you know, glad to see that he's going to stay. I like seeing longevity with managers. You know, I, do too. I, I do think too. far too often we get, you know, the. The owners get trigger happy. I th- I'm glad that this is a situation where Inzaghi's going to get to hang his hat for a little while um, and uh, get to continue this project. So, uh, Because I think it's been great to see Lazio at the level that they've been playing at. I think with teams like Lazio, who they're just below the elite, right? Uh, they could take a lot of lessons from what Atalanta did to build their team not saying that they're the Atalanta is bigger than them. I'm just saying the way the Atalanta has built up their academy and their young players, the way they scout, you know, teams who are not there with the money to be able to spend whatever they want and whoever they want, to really learn to use their academy and their, and use their, their scouting to really get the players that they want. We saw this with Udinese in the past and some other clubs, you know, where they really use their resources to get the best out of the players that they need, find these gems that nobody else has seen, and that'll that'll enable you to. Um, not only fight for Champions League, but you know have that odd odd year where you are battling for the Scudetto. Um, are they going to be a dominant team? No, but you know I think if they find if they they play it smart, uh, make the occasional splash and and make it a, a good a good splash uh, where the player actually does something well, unlike Morici. Um, I think they have an opportunity to be you know certainly up in the top four conversation for a long time, but uh, they have to play it smart. And I think you know when you say that you know Inzaghi. They're not going to do anything better than Inzaghi. That's not going to be a, that's not a slight to Inzaghi, you know, at all or Lazio because I think he is a fantastic manager and he just fits them perfectly. And I agree with you. I like to see longevity with managers, and I think what he's done with them has just been tremendous. Um, it's just a perfect fit, it seems, for them. You know, him and and the club. Um, they respond to him. He's passionate about it. They're passionate about him. Uh, so yeah, it's uh yeah, it's it's great to see that he's going to be extending with them. So I'm happy yep. about it. Yep, I'm in agreement on that. Um... Uh, they uh, they find a way to. I mean, this the Spezia team has been stingy to everybody that they played. So, you know, take that two one win and uh, off yep. you go. Milan can tell you how difficult they were. Yep. Um. So, uh, you know, and then Sassuolo and Sassuolo and Roma. This is what we wanted to see from teams like a team like Sassuolo. You know, mixing it up with one of these top seven types. Um. You know, and uh, and and rescuing a point here against the Roma side. I think that they had this in their locker all this time. I think in their case, injuries caught up with them. You know, because Sassuolo was a team we were very high on and thought were a challenger for a European place, and I, I, it just didn't fall for them. Injuries, I think. Yeah. And it wasn't like they didn't have like a rash of injuries that prevented their upside. It was like. Okay, you'd get you'd recover this guy and he's fit. Well, now these other two guys are now injured, and then they could not. Dzerbi could just not 
put out the consistent quality that he wanted to week in and week out. And if he did, I really, th- I, I still believe in what this Sassuolo team does, you know, and the identity that they play with and what Dizzerbi does. Um, you know, I just think the injuries, I think, kind of kind had them fall short. They got better defensively, but then when those guys weren't available, they started having those issues again, you know. Uh, but here they are. They're, they're grabbing a point from Roma. I mean, if there's going to be a team they grab a point from out of the top seven at this point, it is Roma. So, um, you know, and it just was uh, – I, I think that Sassuolo is one of those teams that – I stand by it. I stand by picking them seventh, uh, you know, in my predictions. Uh I think the injury bug hit them, and I think that they've just been a bit unlucky this season. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I picked them in eighth, and you know, one point off of that. So, no, I think it's. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, Anthony's in the house. Inter inter worldwide champions elector in the house here. So, no, yeah, I agree about Sassuolo. I think it's just been difficult for them. David's making the case that you know Milan's in a similar situation, and I, I agree with that. Uh, Sassuolo is a team that talent-wise, they can certainly compete for a European spot. No doubt about it. It's just you know with injuries, we saw the law, the lengthy injury to Caputo and some other key players. Um, uh, Little things cropping up here and there. They started out the season very hot, and then you know they went cold. And um, you know sometimes you don't have the depth, especially that some of these bigger clubs do. You're you're going to suffer, and unless your players sure. step up, like we've seen maybe like a Hellas do in the past, you know then you're you're not going to be able to make that assault into the top seven uh, like we thought they possibly could do. And but I mean they're just outside. Maybe they get hot here at the end. I mean there's a nice result to get a two-two against Roma. Um, Roma's defense has obviously been lacking, but uh, it's you know full credit's got to go to Sassuolo and and what Dejerbi has done with his with his club uh, in his time there. I think um, you know having the pieces that they have, Traores, all of a sudden emerge with them. You know to add to the pieces that they've already had. This is a fun team. It's a fun bad team, and uh, hopefully you know come this off season they can find a way to shore up that defense. We think the pieces may be there. They just need more time to. To, to gel and you know the injuries they can figure out you know maybe get some more depth to to help out when those injuries do happen so they don't fall into this you know um uh i guess abyss or the, these couple f- several weeks off because of no no backup right so we'll see i mean i think that's has got a good project going on here with the zerby hopefully they you know hopefully they don't lose too many guys you know through the market and uh maybe we see uh, another 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 go at them next season with a um, not to say the season's over yet by any stretch, but you know another go at the at the at the European spots next year. So we'll see. I mean, in Roma, this is exactly what I think has uh, hindered them all season long: the defending and the lack thereof. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can talk briefly. They go to Ajax on Thursday, and I I, I think they're going to get it handed to them personally. Um, I'm, I've got three one to Ajax on on Thursday. I don't know what you're what you're what you're thinking for that. Uh I want to be. I'm just gonna since this is the only team left. I'm just gonna say a score draw one one. Okay, it's gonna be hard. I, you're, I, bang, I, you're banging the drum and hoping that we can have a. I'm city trying. I'm hoping bad. they don't put Cristante defense. That's you know. Well, five one to Ajax if that happens. <laughs> okay. And if Fazio plays seven one. Okay. So oh <laughs> fuck just me! Really, yeah. Fuck me! Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Just, that's just the way it is. So, um, but yeah, uh, you know, same things. I mean, we've been we've been beating it to death. Roma's defensive issues just continue to continue to turn up. Um, you know, out of the top seven, they have clearly conceded the most goals. Um, you know, out of anyone in the top seven, uh, and then in the top half, only Sassuolo have conceded more with 
46. Roma have conceded 44. And then after that, you got to go down to Fiorentina. Yeah, uh, at 46. And then everybody else, 14th through 20th, have all conceded more goals than Roma. So um, I don't think they're that far off, though. I think the defense is obviously lacking. That's a huge problem with them. But I think they got the midfield pieces that I, I like the midfield, despite what anybody says. And I think Spinazzola has been uh, him him on the left and even Karzorp on the right. And even I think maybe Bruno Perez maybe you know fills in every now and then. Um, that, those are decent pieces. And you know Mayoral now emerging as a striker. They have some pieces there. They're not far off, but I think the defense has been the big Achilles heel for them. And time and time again, they've they've been they, you know they this lost it in the game. They've lost the plot, and all of a sudden the, the opposition scores two goals in quick succession, and oh, there you're, you're you're out of the game, or you give up late goals like you did against Sassuolo. Um, it's difficult. So mental game is the big thing with them, right? We've talked about yep. many teams before. The mental hurdle they need to do to get over, especially with that top six is immense and then Fonseca if he stays around he's gonna have to figure a way out he's talked about this all season long where he berates them because of that lack of mentality that they've had against these big clubs if they can figure that out in the defense they'll be okay but that's a big if uh the defense is more likely to be shored up before that mental thing so we'll see uh, I may I don't know what's gonna take to get over that mental hurdle sure sure goals of the week I okay mean, let's let's end the suspense all right Verde is is the goal of the week. Caicedo penalty kick. No, I'm Daniele kidding. Verde, Daniele Verde with the goal of the week, the overhead kick for his goal of the year, probably Maybe. a goal, certainly a goal of the season contender. I can't really yeah. even think of anything else off the top of my head for goal of the season. Not from Serie A. Yeah. So, no. um, you know, yeah. so I I only have four. I don't I don't have a top five. Uh, the Merton's free kick was number two for me. Uh, Halga's curler coming in at three, and then I, lo- I love the Vlaovic goal. I love the how that got set up—a little three-man yeah. combo, starting with a long ball, um, headed down in the path. I thought that was well connected. Uh, so, I guess if I had to give a fifth, I, the Osimhen goal was was nice. The way yeah, that good play, the way that uh, Insigne was able to bring that ball across uh, to Osimhen. So that that's my top five. My top five is actually a little bit different than yours. Um, we both had the same number one. How could you not have the same number one, right? Um, even Steve Wonder picked him Uh, but number 5 for me Qualiarella I thought his heads up play on that turnover by Teo Hernandez and just beating the keeper beating Donnarumma I thought that was very well done by the the Wiley vet Uh, number 4 for me Mertens his free kick another sensational kick Uh, Barak comes in number 3 for me his long distance shot I thought good powerful good good angle on it it was a good goal by him I'm um, still not used to the short hair with him, but maybe I need to cut my hair too anyway. Uh, yeah. And then number two for me, I'm going to give it to Chesney because he had two big, big crucial saves at the end of the Derby de la Mole. Um, I thought that Torino really had great opportunities. Sanabri nearly had a hat trick if it wasn't for Chesney. And I forget who the other uh, the other shot came in from that uh, Chesney did really well on to save. So uh, if not for him, that could have been egg on the face of Pirlo uh, had they lost that game. So sure. Chesney should get plaudits for that. Sure. All right, so those are the goals of the week. Uh, two big games tomorrow. Let's tap into those. Yeah. Um, we have. Hang on a second. I got to pull up my. Inter hosting Sassuolo, uh, and we have Juve hosting Napoli. These are makeup games. Um, things are well documented with, uh, you know, the Juve Napoli saga, and now they're finally going to get to play each other. But let's talk Inter Sassuolo first. Um, Sassuolo is a team that historically gives Inter trouble. Yep. 
Okay, and you look over. I mean, Inter did win at the Mape three nil back at no back at the end of November. All right, but go back three three draw in June. Okay, then Inter winning four three at Sassuolo um, in twenty nineteen, and uh, they were four one up, and we're starting to rest on their laurels, and then. Uh, Sassuolo came charging back and should have even drawn that game, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, Goalless draw in January of 2019. Sassuolo beats Inter in August of 2018. Beats Inter again at Inter in May of 2018. Beats Inter in 2017. So Sassuolo's got history getting results against this Inter side. Um, so it's not necessarily a done deal for the Nerazzurri. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, I think that tactically the way these teams are set up is far different, you know, than what we've seen. I, we talked about this earlier with Conte that he can just organize, he can have his team sit, and he can let you come forward. But you better be balanced when you come forward. And I don't know if Sassuolo plays with that kind of balance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think you're going to see Sassuolo having the majority of the possession. They're going to generate some chances. Whether or not they trouble Handanovic is another story. I I just I think this game sets up way too well for Inter, um, you know, to carry out exactly what they just did against Bologna. Mm-hmm. Um, I I Sassuolo is going to score, but Inter are going to be ruthless going the other way, and I think that Inter are going to come away winning this game three one. Interesting. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, you bring up a lot of good points in it that I, I agree with. I think uh, Sassuolo can bring a similar flavor to what Bologna brought in terms of you know possession, and uh, I think they'll create more opportunities than did Bologna. Um, I think Sassuolo are going to give Inter more trouble than than Bologna did for sure, and then maybe more than anybody's given up recently just because of that history. Um, doesn't mean that I think Inter's going to lose the game. I think Inter should win the game, but it's going to be a lot more difficult than Interisti are hoping for. Yeah. Um, this is a game that they're probably expecting. It's going to be a difficult one based on the history, and I think they're I think they're going to be spot on. I think I agree with you. I think there's going to be goals or at least a goal from Sassuolo, um, but I think Inter has just too much talent going forward, especially on the counterattack. They are very dangerous, very lethal. I mean, you guys got like Hakimi, who just doesn't lose energy. He could run. He could run like circles around guys in the 90th minute. So. Um, I think Inter do enough to win it, but I think it's a one-goal victory for Inter or something like a a 2-1. I don't see two goals from Sassuolo, so I'm going to say 2-1 for Inter are going to win it, and it's going to be a late goal that wins it for for Inter. Sure. Um, Marlon and Federico Peluso are not going to contain Lukaku. Just <laughs> no. flat out not going to contain no. him. And not many people will. Happen. So, no. Um, Juve and Napoli, huge, huge game. Winner gets fourth. Um, it affects so many teams, not just those two. You know, this game. Right. This is a big, big game. And Napoli, winner actually gets third. Um, yeah. Because they'll jump, you know, it's three points and they'll jump Atalanta. Uh, loser is sitting fifth. Uh, and we'll have a little bit of, you know, they're going to f- suddenly find themselves needing to do some work here. Um you know, so historically, when these guys have played, um, it's been relatively tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's usually come down to a goal. Um, it's usually come down to an odd goal. Uh, they've, you know, Pirlo and Gattuso have uh, managed against each other. They've each won a game. 
Um, I, I'm picking a draw here. I, I knew I you would. I knew you would. <laughs> I can't pick a winner. I, I you know, yeah. I, I just can't. I just, I have genuine concerns with Napoli defensively. Uh, maybe yeah. Koulibaly will be back, which would, which, which could help them. I think he should be. Was he suspended from the the Crotone game? Is that why he didn't? Play? I thought he was because of yellow card accumulation, but I could okay. be wrong. Okay. Um, and somebody will clear that up for us, and, and that'll be fine. And it's just yeah. one of those that I just got a little too lazy, uh, you know, to look up. Here's the dynamics. Now, we we're talking about Chiesa, you know, making some of those charging runs from the midfield. You know, mm-hmm. where is he going to make them? Is he going to make them into Ruiz, into Bakioko, into those guys um, that might be able to track him a little bit better? Um, you know, that those are, you, those are guys that are just set up for those types of things. They're going to have to be, um, you know, Koulibaly, who is he going to mark when they're in their third if he plays? Is he marking Ronaldo or is he marking Morata? You know, what does Gattuso do yeah. there? Um, and then going the other way, I would leave Insigne high. I would not ask him to come back and defend. I would like to catch Quadrado out of position because I think if you're going to have a chance, you're going you're gonna to need to counter going through him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, going that other way. I thought Torino did a good job of that against uh, Cuadrado. I thought uh, yeah. forced him to some turnovers that you know resulted in, in favorable chances for Torino. So. Right. Right. So. Uh, you know, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic. I think that the double pivot is going to be watching Chiesa coming in and picking him up as he comes in. Uh, they're going to have to be wary of that that that's something I'm going to keep a close eye on. How does how does Gattuso prepare for when? when they get into, you know, when they're in the defending in the third, and here comes Chiesa from those midfield positions because that's been how he's been getting his goals. He's just finding those dangerous areas of the of the 18-yard box. Um, you know, and I think that the players are there for Napoli to maybe diffuse that a little bit if they do it right. So I, I'm i going 1-1. I think that both teams are going to score weird. They're going to score yeah. – both teams are going to score a weird goal, maybe even a penalty for one of them. All right? Ronaldo. Um and they they each go away with a point. I can't I can't pick a winner on this, Richard. I just can't. Yeah, I, it's not. So maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a hot take. But I think you know, if one of these teams loses, they are in jeopardy of not making it out for. Right. Just because it's going to be as a vital three points are tied right at the moment, and uh, you know this will vault one of them into third place, like you said. It's going to be hard. I mean, I picked Juve to finish higher than than Napoli to start of the season. Um, but I, I feel like there's still a little bit of a revenge factor with Napoli that could help them propel to get a narrow victory in this one. I don't think any goals are going to be pretty. I think this is all going to be ugly goals, deflections, bounces, bad bounces, whatever here and there. Yeah. Um, it suits up perfectly for a guy like Marata to score a goal ugly or even like Osiman to get a backup goal or something like that. Um, I agree with you. It's going to be hard. I, I, just for the sake of something different, because I, I, I kind of feel the draw as well. I'm, I'm just going to say Napoli slight victory 2-1, uh, just because I, I feel that revenge factor could be in their favor in this one. Um, yep. do, and, you know, there's a question about uh, if if they lose, does does uh, uh, Pirlo get the boot 
And I don't think he would be. I, no. I don't. Juve doesn't do that historically. I don't think they would. I think they actually do believe this is a a project that they're trying to build with him. Um, and I mean, as long as they finish in the top four, I think he's his job is safe. If he finishes fifth, that's questionable. But I don't think he gets to boot this season. No. Right. Right. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna play out the season. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. so. And David's right. I think Milan. You know, if if there's a draw in this one, I think this suits up great for Atalanta and Milan because uh, it both gives them a chance to again get that second spot. Um, but that that'd be the most favorable outcome for both Milan and and Atalanta would be a draw. Uh, a yeah. win for one of these teams can make it very very interesting down the stretch. I like the draw. I, you know, I, I yeah. did the draw. The draw is probably the most helpful to Milan at this point. So we'll yep. see. Yeah. So. All right. Well, those will be games. I guess everybody else will watch the Champions League. We'll watch a little Calcio tomorrow. That's right. There's no nothing wrong with that. So. All right. Uh, I guess that's that. That covers all the Calcio talk. Now it's time to find out who won Calcio Twitter. Richard, lead us off. All right, so uh, this came at the buzzer last week. It just missed out. This one comes from uh, Mike Glasgow, uh, Mike J. Glasgow. He says, I saw someone come up with possibly the best nickname forever for Weston McKinney. I knew I had to make it real. Spaghetti Weston. Very nice. (laughs) Very nice and very appropriate. I know. I like it. I like it. All right. Um, Azuri Fan Phil uh, getting on the board here. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully relegation after a max match fixing scandal. Good night for real this time. Enter in 2021. Juventus players, Juventus management, Juventus inspired bus, Juventus inspired simplified logo. What's next? And relegation. Says, Hopefully relegation after a match fixing scandal. <laughs> Good night nice. for real this time. Yep. Just nice. how did Inter get away with Calciopoli and and but everybody else got some kind of. Uh, uh, some kind of punishment, whether it was Juve going all the way down to Serie B, and then Milan and Fiorentina were getting points reductions. Yes. So, so everyone got to everyone chimed in on this uh, this tweet from uh, Juve thoughts, where you know the one you just meant to enter in twenty twenty one. Blah blah blah. blah. Parisnich uh, joined in the party and says, uh, "Your current coach, your current vice captain, you gave us fifteen million to uh, buy Hernanes and literally copied our marketing campaign. All this before Marote, Conte, Vidal, and the new logo even happened." Plus, what the fuck is a Juventus inspired bus? <laughs> <laughs> Not for everyone. Better <laughs> snitch is consistent. You got to give him credit for that. He's always find, he's always finding his way onto the uh, absolutely in, in contention for who won Calcio Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Since he scored for Italy, give me freedom, give me fire, or give me international breaker. I retire. <laughs> Italy man <laughs> at board Intervista. Oh, that's good. That's good. Thank you, Uncle Sharma, for pointing us to that. Uh, this one's uh, nominated by Giovanni Milano. Uh, this is from uh, at Semprista. It says, bro, who the fuck keeps asking Mirabelli questions about Milan? <laughs> <laughs> like the first response down there. On Bonetta. Um, uh, yeah, Bonetta. Lord <laughs> uh, Bonetta. Uh, okay. Uh, all right, so this one, uh, this one I found. Uh, it is a... Uh, a Fabrizio Romano parody account, Fabricazioni Romano, uh, at <laughs> Fabricazioni Rom. Clamorous, Nua da Viras discoverato in de China, arriva from the bats. <laughs> 100% confirmed. confirmed. Here we go. <laughs> this account was going off. Uh, this is one of the funnier ones that came out from that, but yeah. Yep. I, uh... I think he just, 
<laughs> did you see do you see his if you look if you highlight his uh if you highlight his twitter handle first of all he only has 17 followers one of them is art morelli <laughs> nice it's legit then i pick a the news from the others and make a day breaking for you 100 come here <laughs> here we go I'll no more the parody. Uh, yes. I'll follow him. I think there's. I think. I think there's more to come from this guy. So. Yes. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, All what right. Do we got next? All right. So uh, Apex Crafter nominated uh, Saturnion, the other brother, gets into the act. So this first original tweet from Adriano Del Monte, former guest on the show, uh, it says, "Not a good day about at Juventus. Bonucci plus COVID. Demaral COVID. Dybala breach COVID restriction. Arthur breach restrictions. Wesson Buffon suspended." Uh, and then Saturnion says, uh, Syria facts, Pirlo's starting his title push, and the car falls apart. <laughs> uh, nice. Let's see. Uh, uh, Martino seems to think that it is over for this week, and let's go through the timeline for this one. Yes. Uh, Napoli Sansoni was wondering where he could stream Sandy B games, and our good friend Alex Dono ask a Juventus fan. <laughs> uh that's funny that's good that's good 128 likes on that one so yeah many people agreed with alex <laughs> yeah yeah um that was uh that was well played i didn't know alex had it in him i didn't either so. i didn't either all right. uh, he was nominated also by Gianni uh, from the Calcio guys as well. And, uh, again, a funny take. Uh, let's see. Um, Milan Club Philly nominated this one. Uh, comes from Grego. Grego underscore 1899. Casiejo trying to slide through the Santoria defense. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got to. Oh, that's going to give me nightmares. Is that a sub? Is that to try to get on a subway or what is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's worth the twenty. It's probably stars. New York City. It's probably New York City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At football oh. underscore Karim Teo since that goal versus Lazio. <laughs> yeah, looking like uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, <laughs> our old friend, our old friend, <laughs> and it's one hundred percent fact. Uh, uh, very good, Gianni with another nomination. This one comes from at Gaz Seven or GA Seven underscore Official. Jesus on Friday versus Jesus on Sunday. <laughs> Freaking Latito jumping up and down. Little Easter uh, humor for everybody. Yes, yes, yes. All right. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, Jordan Marquez at J Marquez TSD. <laughs> AC Milan willing to sell struggling Castellejo for $10 million. Two possible replacements identified. Jordan Marquez says, I didn't realize we could get $10 million for him. That's about $10 million more than he's worth. That's right. That's true. That is true. And so people in our chat could probably agree with that, right? A little transfer zinger. Oh, man. All right. So uh, this one comes to us from uh, – all right. So look at the thread here. Um, uh, what is this? Uh Brigate Azzurre uh, retweeted the FC Porto, making fun of the, uh, the the game-winning goal by Porto over Juventus. And then Franco Neapolitano says, uh, Ronaldo highlights versus FC Porto, pretending to uh, help out but really not doing anything. <laughs> Just there. Hey, guys, hey, here you go. Go this way, go this way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was of no use in that game. Oh, poor Ronaldo. <sighs> poor Ronaldo. Oh, uh, Pepe was brilliant. Yes, he was. Over those games. <laughs> All right, uh, and at Milan, guys, someone should lose their job if we swap Romagnoli and Bernadeschi. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Agreed. This is true. 
All right, some good choices. Oh, that's some good ones. And I know one that made me laugh the most was the Castillejo trying to get through some Doria defense. Not because it's a funny tweet, it's just a funny video. <laughs> I got to um, go with Alex. I, I, not just because he's a friend and all this other, but I mean, that's the, the, the timing of that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, so, that, that, it was pretty good. Why not? I think right. Perisnitch is a close second. Yes, yes. And Perisnitch has been on the board. We're going to give... Uh, we're going to give this to Alex Donald. Alex, our good friend who has been on the city, I said down here multiple times. We've been on Calcio Connection multiple times. This is the winner of Who Won Calcio Twitter. Um, Alex, welcome, welcome to uh, getting on the board. More and uh, better will be expected from you, though, uh, yeah. going yeah. forward uh, when we do this. So it just uh, – the bar has been raised for you, my friend. But congratulations, Alex Dono. You have won Calcio Twitter for your response to Napoli Sansone's question about where to stream Seti B games. So, uh, very, very good. Um, by the way, uh, you know we uh, for those we are sponsored by Hardcore Times. We're going to tweet out the link, but you can see the link here below in the scroll. Uh, if you go to their website uh, and you know pick up some gear there, if you can, you, you can actually use our code AT15, AT15, and get a fifteen percent discount at the checkout. So do that it would help the uh, podcast, and you get some get yourself some good gear there. So uh, the fine folks at Hardcore Times, they uh, they do very well for us, and they got us that. Uh, are you wearing that Paisano shirt tonight? I there am. you go. There you go. Paisans. Paisans. There you there go. You. There you go. So it's good, good, good piece. This was not from there, but you know, you can still go there and get some gear. So <laughs> you know, we can talk to them about trying to come up with some funny, you know, like like stuff that are reactionary from the Cal- who on yeah. Calcio Twitter. Yeah, Maybe they might be able to print some stuff up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the the uh, you give me Ajita is is I think my next one. So <laughs> I love that it's in blue too. It's like uh, <laughs> when I watch the Yatsuri. Although nowadays the Tsuri has been a little bit more pleasing on the eye, um, you know. Yes. The, uh, yes. We had we had a stretch there after winning the World Cup where it was getting a little rough, but uh, but yeah. what can you say? So yeah. So um, promo code AT15 uh, Hardcore Italians. Uh, you know, please support them. They've uh, been very kind to us, um, and you can get a fifteen percent discount on any swag. Uh, mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent stuff too. Good quality. I haven't even watched oh, yeah. this, and it smells great. So. I don't want to. I'll take your word for it. There, I got mine around here somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, let's put a bow on this edition of Sit, yes. yeah, Sit Down, Richard. Time to shameless plug. Have at it. Uh, yeah. You uh, you can follow me at r underscore k h a r m a n, and then uh, Scott, our friend uh, Scott Monroe. He's uh, he's actually taking over the reins at Magia, La Magia Podcast. It's a Roma podcast. Uh, I'll be his first guest on uh, YouTube this Friday, so uh, t- stay tuned for that for that live stream. Should be a fun as we talk Roma, and uh, I'll try not to bash Cristante too much in that podcast. But uh, no oh, bash away. Well, no, don't bash him. Bash Fonseca for continuing no. to play him at defense. Sure, sure, fair enough, fair oh. enough. So fair awesome. enough. Uh, I'm at FTC underscore 21. And if you weren't paying attention at the beginning of the podcast, you probably weren't. Uh, we're moving to Sundays uh, for the live recording here on YouTube uh, starting you know next week. So uh, Richard and I will be on on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we will uh, go to at City. I sit down on Twitter uh, for the time uh, that we will be on. So um, and uh, again, we expect more of you to turn up, more of you to be in the chat. Because you've had your Sunday dinner and you're too lazy to, to do anything else. So, 
why not hang out with us and talk a little calcio? So that's a programming note. So, and then there'll be some Sundays where we will, uh, you know, get it going here in the afternoon where it can work out for us, uh, trying to get uh, some of our European friends on board uh, to do some, uh, uh, do some recording with us. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So absolutely. Yep. Uh, City, I sit down. We have our own channel on Apple podcasts and SoundCloud. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts. There is Sirdia Sit Down uh, at Sirdia Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, go there. Questions, comments, uh, reactions, anything you want for future uh, programming, we would be happy to address it. Um, hashtag Who Won Calcio Twitter, please. If you're out there, you're seeing funny uh, tweets going on in the world of Italian football, please uh, retweet them with the hashtag Who Won Calcio Twitter or reply hashtag Who Won Calcio Twitter, please. Nothing offensive. Um, use your judgment on that. This is good fun. This is clean fun. I think we've been having a blast with it. So, uh, you know, and just a reminder about that. And then we're also uh, on Facebook, although we're, we're we're rarely on Facebook, but we have a page up there if you if you want to go there. Um, uh, so, um, well, Richard, sun till Sunday night. Till Sunday night. Catch you then. Awesome. Awesome. Well. Uh, chat, thanks. Great questions, great content, uh, great banter from you guys as always. Yeah. And uh, we will uh, catch you all on Sunday night. Uh, for Richard, I'm Frank. As always, make sure you're telling your paisans about us. Ciao.